0: Bailey Bats. I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you.
1: But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Mr...
0: Bond. James Bond.
1: And welcome to the Fanboy Garage, I'm Chris Lasanti, joined as always by my co-host Aaron Verola.
0: Yo, yo, what's going on people? So, uh, yeah, we're doing this early, day early.
1: Day, last week it was a day late, this week it's a day early. Day One of these day. days we'll remember what day we record this show on.
0: <laughs> we got am- amnesia. Yeah. Amnesia. Actually, speaking of amnesia, I just, uh, and I'm just gonna jump right into this, um, I just got done watching this crazy show called The Sinner. Have you heard have you, have you heard is, of this show? Is that the
1: one with Jessica Biel?
0: Yeah, man. Okay.
1: I had a someone at work recommend that to me after they watched like the first two episodes and then by the end of the show they were like, "Um I might want to take that recommendation back." Really? Yeah, well they they were I mean, a little kind of weirded dark. out by it. They're they're um Uh yeah. Yeah. So and I I know okay, why okay. I I found out later on why exactly they were weirded out by it. So I Ooh, get it.
0: Oh, oh god. Yeah, there was a it got really really uncomfortable on my couch. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's what you know, happened there.
0: <laughs> my wife and I just kind of looked at each other and I'm <laughs> like, is this is this really happening on TV and and she's like, I'm I'm totally sick right now. This is just disgusting and I'm like, wow. Um but I do recommend the show. It it is. I know it's based on a book, um, so just you know, folks, check it out. It's on Netflix. It was. Uh, it's a. It's an interesting show. And if you like uh, murder mysteries and thrillers, uh, stars as we said, Jessica Biel and. Uh, oh God! Why is his name totally escaping me? Uh, Pullman. Uh, Bill, Bill Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. Bill, yeah, Bell, yeah. yeah, okay. So, uh, so check that out. So, I think so,
1: anyways, well, I also think I think they're doing a true detective thing with that too, aren't they? Like doing a second season with the completely yeah, a completely different, different cast. Different and,
0: yeah, yeah. So, because uh, I was, I remember I was like, we're kind of mid, mid uh, season one, and I'm thinking like, how long can they make this into a show? And then I just did some research, and and yeah, so uh, so season two, I guess is either started or it's airing now um so we'll uh my wife and i'll probably jump into that at some point but um yeah it was a good show i enjoyed it uh we, we binged it in like a day and a half nice. <laughs> it's like eight seasons uh, eight episodes and short and uh yeah it was it was some good stuff so so for those of you guys out there who, who are digging that kind of stuff check it out cool so we have uh,
1: we have a couple of announcements. I know last week we mentioned that we were going to announce the winners of our second contest. And we, we will be doing that now. We have two winners. Uh, we were giving away a digital copy of The Death of Superman and a digital copy of Deadpool 2. And uh, Aaron, I'll let you announce the winner of The Death of Superman.
0: Yeah, so uh, this one goes out to uh my long, long time friend, probably my my bestest friend out there. Uh we've been we were college roommates. So this one goes out to my my boy Phil for for winning uh the death of Superman. I know he's a he's a big, big Superman fan. So uh congrats, dude. We will be sending you the link uh so you can get your digital download. And thanks so much for participating. It means a lot that you're out there supporting uh, me and Chris On this crazy endeavor, and hopefully, maybe one day we'll have you on the show as our uh, comic book expert. So uh, stay tuned.
1: Yes. And the winner of the Deadpool 2 uh, digital copy is D, uh, who uh, did not give a full name. They just put D. So, D, uh, we have your email. Uh, Be on the lookout. Check your inbox over the next week and uh, we'll be sending you over that digital code as well. So congratulations to both winners. Uh, that's going to be it for a little while with the contests, but uh, it will not be the last contest that we do here. We will be doing more later on. So uh, congratulations to everybody who won. And uh, also thank you to Tavo, who won the, um, the Black Panther uh, Last Jedi contest for... Uh, for posting his picture of his recently redeemed Black Panther digital right. copy as well. So you can win cool things here on the Fanboy Garage. We want to be very interactive, and part of being interactive is not just throwing stuff out there on Twitter. It's also being able to do giveaways and give back to everyone that's supporting the show. So
0: thank you. Yeah, so, and thank, thank you guys so much for listening. I also want to say, too, that nobody got at me regarding my little Easter egg. I know that we've got hundreds and hundreds of listeners out there Nobody could come up to me with that quote. I'll still leave it out there. So in – where are we in? Episode 14? Yes, 14. 14. So in episode 13, the last one, um, I made a movie quote. And if you can guess what movie that quote came from and who says it, I will send you something special. I'm not telling you what it is. But and maybe that's probably why no. I know, <laughs> <Why laughs> well know no they might be
1: them. a little afraid that you're sending them like leftovers uh, from some, four weeks ago.
0: Yeah, okay. I've sent you a bag of Werther's originals.: nice. um, <laughs> yeah. No, no seriously, I'll send you something really nice. Uh, so so dig in, figure it out. There's a quest.
1: Cool. from literally Find from it. the garage of of Aaron Verola. Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and for those of you guys that don't know, I am like an avid. I don't want to – I'm a vintage toy collector, so who knows? Maybe you'll get something from my collection, I collect all types of, like, old-school Star Wars toys. I've got Star Wars glasses, like uh, like the old-school glasses that you used to get from Burger King. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. So, so maybe you'll get a nice little uh, curated piece of uh, – you know, fanboy, vintage toy collecting, collection stuff from for me. I don't know. Well, I'll decide what it is. Uh, depends on how uh, on how quick or how original or who it is that responds to me. I'll decide. There you decide. go.
1: All right. So speaking of our listeners, this is actually going to be a, I guess, a listener-driven episode. Uh, we reached out a couple hours before we were recording to see if anybody had any questions or potential topics for today, and we actually got a pretty good amount so we're just going to kind of go through those but we are going to start with a question from someone named Aaron Verola (laughs) who's that bozo who I don't know but he reached out to me um, a few days ago and with a question uh, that I've actually I've actually been anxiously anticipating because I I have not heard it I know what the subject matter is but uh, I'm I'm about to hear this question as you're about to hear it so uh, Aaron what was your question
0: yeah, wow! Now, now there's a lot, lots of hype. Um, so okay, so here's here's the question. I've uh, I've been struggling with the um, Shazam trailer. I've watched it a, a couple of times, and uh, I think a, a couple of previous episodes. I've mentioned how I'm just not a big fan of Zachary Levi. 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 Yeah. Levi. Damn! I'm always messing up. Like the jeans. Last just think of the show. jeans. Okay, Zachary Levi. And uh, it got me thinking about people who were previously rumored to have been up for the role. And, you know, we were talking last episode about, you know, stars from – or WWE superstars making the transition into Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a good, great example of that. We were talking about Dave Batista, And I mentioned John Cena. And so it got me thinking. So John Cena at some point was rumored to be up for the role of Shazam. And now that we have a better sense of the film's tonality, this like, you know, superhero big story, would John Cena have been better as Shazam? And, uh. That so that that's ultimately the question. Would, would John Cena had John Cena been cast in Shazam, do do we think it would, you know, would he have been perfect for the role? Um, that's kind of hard to tell because, obviously, we don't know anything. But after seeing uh, Blockers, uh, yeah. I, I actually think that I would have been more invested in Shazam. I think I would have been head over heels in love with Shazam. If uh, if John Cena had been in the role, especially given the sort of content and the thing that they're trying to, you know, play off of. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. let do Let's discuss. I don't know. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, so that's interesting. I you know, it's funny. I had not really thought of that. But now that you mention it. Yeah, I mean, seeing the tone of the film and seeing knowing what I know about John Cena, like the little bit that I've seen of him in movies, uh I w- I loved what he did in Trainwreck even though it was, you know, not a very big role. But his right. his role in Trainwreck I thought was the the best part of that movie. And Blockers, I, both you and I are very big fans of that movie. Uh yeah. so uh, yeah, I think he could have pulled that off. Uh, especially, you know, they're going with the comedic tone. Uh I think he could have played off that sort of innocent, you know, child trapped in an adult's yeah. body. And and obviously he's got the physical presence, which I think is something that you've been you've had an issue with as far as Zachary Levi, like with the suit, like having that kind of inflated suit because he's not a particularly big guy. Um, right. So he's got the physical stature. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him. I know he's done, he's starred in movies before. I haven't seen any of them. Um, But I do know that, uh, I I think that could have worked. I have no idea what Zachary Levi's going to be in this. I mean, I could very well love him. And I actually am excited for Shazam. And I like Mm -hmm. the trailer. Um, But yeah, I mean, the John Cena thing in hindsight, you know, probably, probably would have worked as well.
0: I just, I just wonder, you know, too, in terms of, you know, some of the overall... I don't want to say it comes from everybody because I'm only I'm only talking about myself and and some of the other people I've spoken with um, who are a bit skeptic skeptical about the sort of you know the direction that the current DCU is going and and not to say that that casting Zachary Levi is a wrong or bad choice um, I just wonder if having cast John Cena and who knows i mean look we're not hollywood insiders i don't know if and if that was for a real thing and or if just you know negotiations and all that broke down i'm just, i'm not in the game um but i wonder if having him if if he had been cast if it would have created this sort of like blanketed mainstream mass appeal for um for a comic book character that people just aren't fully aware of now I, now i get the you know obviously he doesn't necessarily while john cena's physique his you know his body structure all that looks like it's been carved out of a comic book um you know i don't know how he would have pulled off the, the like black hair thing I, you know zachary levi seems to have that down but yeah i mean in in terms of like thinking about his comedic uh timing and you know the stuff we've been getting from his recent uh you know movies you know appearances whatever things that he's been involved with i just think he would have been a better fit you know i just think given given the the tone and and the comedy and the way that it's been laid out again i can can totally change after seeing the movie but i just think john cena would have would have been perfect absolutely perfect for uh for shazam and i th- actually think it uh likely would have changed some of the pe- some people's reactions and i'm sure it, it could have it may have also changed other people's uh you know positive reactions to be ne- more negative because they may not just be a fan of john cena so you know, it could he, be he i mean people a, might
1: um, you know people who haven't seen uh, you know his movies or whatever might say oh the, he's just the wrestler guy and you know he's not going to be able to pull this off. It's hard to say. I I'm, I seem to think that a lot of the reaction I've seen about Shazam though has been really positive. It's so, fairly positive. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some some circles obviously Just, Well, not it, happy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, I would love to hear what other people think about this question. Um, so so please take take to Twitter. Get at us and keep the conversation alive uh, because I, I think it's an interesting one and and one that I think we'll have to wait and see, obviously, uh, based on the timing of the movie. But um, yeah, I just think he would have been better. Would you want to yeah.
1: see the eventual John Cena versus The Rock showdown in the movie? I mean,
0: come on. How <laughs> awesome would that be? Holy cow. <laughs> I just, you know, when you were asking the question, I'm like, oh, wow, he's making that connection. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, was it WrestleMania twenty five? Was that was that the Rock verse?
1: I don't uh, know. I I've lost track. I'd have to go look it up. So yeah. all right. So that's uh yeah, so you'll get a chance to to fire those back at us and maybe we'll we'll talk about some of the responses on the next episode uh of the show. But for now, let's get into your questions. Uh we're gonna start with Brandon Alvarado. Uh, he asked if you guys had a chance to bring Marvel or DC property to the small screen, which one
0: would it be? Ooh. Um, wow. That is a, um, that is an interesting question. I, um, hmm. It probably have to be like, and I've heard rumors that this may happen, uh, but, uh, but alpha flight okay <laughs> I, I was a big fan of alpha flight when i was a kid growing up reading reading uh reading their comic books there's something about the character puck uh <laughs> that, I, that i just got a, a big kick out of. i used to love puck for some reason it's like a little little small guy running around um so i don't know i i mean only because it was kind of like carnival <laughs> carnival styled uh uh, com- I mean, that's totally not what it is. But you know, when when I when you're a kid and you're you're reading it, you're thinking like, you know, you you want to group all your little comic book characters into the things that you you can uh, relate with. And you know, I was a big fan of like circuses and carnivals, and I always thought an Alpha Flight was like the little fun carnival crew. There you go. Uh, so yeah, so I think I think it would be that'd be a fun one. And he asked on the small screen, right? Small so screen. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what like on TV show? Totally. I think, I think Alpha Flight actually could, could potentially work and would be a fun, a fun show to see uh, on TV. Just, you know, sort of given what Fox has been able to do with some of their other, sh- their other uh, X-Men like, like the Gifted. Yep. And uh, what's the other one that we were just talking about this one? Why is it totally blanking on me? Well, Professor X. son Legion, Legion, yeah.
1: Or even what Marvel did with The Runaways on Hulu.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally.
1: And Cloak and Dagger now is on too, so why not? Yeah. For me, I don't know Marvel is tough because I think I didn't really read a lot of Marvel. So, you know, the main characters obviously are not... You know going to be coming to the small screen anytime soon they 're kind of tied up with the m c u thing but uh, i've always I always felt that the ca- one character that I thought was tailor made for episodic television was the Punisher, and that 's happening now so uh, yeah. i don 't really have anything for Marvel. Uh, I will say for DC, I mean, so many of the DC characters have already been adapted in some way, shape, or form on television. I, I was actually thinking about it before, after we got the question. It's kind of scary when you think about how many DC characters have been adapted for television, either in starring roles or in you know smaller supporting roles over the years. I'm just talking live action. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, I, I think kind of three niche characters that would probably be best suited more for like a DC universe than, it, than definitely I wouldn't want them on the CW. But uh, one, and I, I've mentioned this, I think I mentioned this in one of our DC episodes, I, I always wanted to see a question show. I love the question. I think I'm one of the few people out there who, who just loves the question. I, I think the character's fascinating. I, I think if you go to the Justice League Unlimited version of the character where he was like a paranoid conspiracy theorist, uh, just the idea of like a ruthless vigilante who kind of walks a fine line between hero and like anti-hero. And I've always loved the complexity of the character. And I love if they did it like in a noir style, I always thought that that would be great. So that's that's one that I would definitely, I would definitely like to see. For those of you that aren't familiar with the question, if you're familiar with Rorschach, which I think a lot of people are from Watchmen, that was supposed yeah. to be the question. Like when Watchmen was originally going to use actual heroes the question was in that role. And when they then were told they couldn't use them, it became Rorschach. So just kind of think about that type of, you know, that type of a character in the show. I think that would be awesome. Another one would be the Spectre. So Spectre is a character that like, I think if you did like a horror themed Specter show. I think that would be amazing. Like I am thinking more almost like along the lines of like an HBO like what they did with like a, you know, kind of like a Tales from the Crypt type thing where mm. th- there was a Specter um animated short part of the DC Showcase series that they did, those little animated shorts. For uh, the Specter I think was the first one and it was done in like um like a grindhouse kind of style. Uh, the look and the the sound and the music and I thought, "Man, if this was like a show" like a live action show or even if it was animated I would be all over that. So I always felt like that that was a compelling uh theme for a like kind of a more supernatural sort of horror themed take. And and sticking with that like in the niche category Dead Man. I think Dead Man mm. would be a fun show, you know, like a ghost show. Um you know, be more adult. Uh, I think those would be great for like DC Universe. So I, I'm I'm going to go with those three. Question Dead Man and Spectre. And I say, put them on DC Universe, make them more adult, a little grittier. In the case of the, the other two, Spectre and Deadman, Man, make them even like horror themed. Um, that, that, so those would be my picks.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny when you said, um, you know, how many of the, uh, the DC characters have been adapted for some sort of media. I mean, Dude, I'm I'm literally scrolling through, yeah. And I'm like, yep, I've seen you, I've seen you, I'm gonna see you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible. It's like, it's kind of wild. I'm like, oh, and, and
1: multiple versions. I mean, we're already getting our second live-action Swamp Thing. Like, think about that
0: on television. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. Yeah. How many characters? I mean, and
1: look at Smallville. I mean, especially in those later seasons. I mean, they oh, had they a ton of characters
0: in left, there. Left and right. Yeah,
1: yeah. We've had two uh, live action Flash television shows. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's been uh, there's been a lot. I, they've they've <laughs> there's been a lot of live action DC, and especially yeah, now and they've
0: been popping up in other shows as well. Right? Yeah, like uh, Legends of Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. yep. You know, we we had the whole like uh, Hawkman, Hawk Girl. Uh, Story theme in, like, I think it was season one? Yeah, one and, and
1: Hawkman was in Smallville also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. So we've
1: seen multiple Hawkman, even. And multiple so,
0: Green Arrows. Multiple right? Green Arrows, yeah. Santana. Wait, have we had multiple Santanas?
1: We've had multiple... Well, we've had one Aquaman, right?
0: No. Well, two, wow. technically, if you count the unaired
1: pilot thing. that Right, that, the that unaired
0: thing. pilot, yeah. and then... So, yeah, I, I mean, remember, it's... And, Pretty crazy. Oof. Yeah. A lot a lot of characters. I mean, it's probably like the third time, right? Third time for them? Yeah. For Aquaman, that's like three. Jeez. God, in like 10, like in, I don't know how many years, maybe 12, 15 years? Yeah, and I mean, a
1: lot Eesh. of it doesn't get talked about because they were not, you know, stars in every one of those appearances and shows, right, but they, they right. had, you know, they were not cameos either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, so- well. And Mira. I, I remember there was a Mira, – Mira popped up in uh, Smallville.
1: Yeah, Smallville had a lot. Uh, we talked about Smallville in our Superman episode, but yeah, they had a lot yeah. of a lot of comic book stuff in those later seasons.
0: Yeah, I was like – I kind of remember they just kind of went off and started introducing all types of – and there was a team uh, – there was like a full-blown team-up episode. There was a cyborg. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by some Nickelodeon – Uh, star that I think ended up committing suicide. Oh, Oh, that got dark. That got dark. Yeah, Yeah, wow. Sorry. All right. Um, All right, let's take the next question. So
1: the next question came from from Adam, uh, Mr. Multiverse Musings DC. Uh, He says, what's your favorite, what's your top five DC comic storylines you've ever read?
0: Oof. That's, that's like a lot. (laughs) Uh... Okay, Um, I'd say Crisis, Um, Crisis on Two Earths um, was great, I came up and grew up during the death of Superman, so that, actually, that's like a two-parter, right? Wouldn't you say that's a two-parter, because you've got the death of Superman, and then you've got the reign of Superman, uh, which was all about the introduction of, so that's three for me that that whole line was was really cool the darkest night right that's that's one is it that that's what it's called right darkest night
1: uh about the green lantern, the, lantern one the green Lantern blackest one? night
0: blackest night yeah. sorry uh i mean these are all really really awesome awesome stories and obviously you know these are classics and uh and i'd say uh the dark knight returns is a great series right yeah oh yeah but does obviously. that does that work yeah that fits right i think so yeah yeah i mean these are for me it's you know these are the stories that i think any you know comic book lover slash comic book movie lover should certainly go back and read you know those those are just the quintessential sort of stories for some of our main our main characters you know uh specifically for superman and batman so uh, I, certainly, if 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 you're listening, you're not a comic book reader. Certainly, urge you guys to check those out because they're awesome, for sure.
1: Yeah. So what for me, you, for me, especially when it comes to DC, I've always been a bigger fan of like the individual character titles as opposed to like the the major crossover events. Um. Mm-hmm. So for me, my favorite storylines have always sort of been more isolated. There's the obvious one. So Death of Superman would also be in my list. Um. That's just Fantastic writing um, if you go through that entire series. And of course, Batman being my favorite hero, a lot of my favorite titles are going to be Batman titles. Um, so, before I get into those, uh, you know, as far as Superman goes, aside from Depth of Superman, Superman Birthright I thought was really great. Um, like a really great origin kind of reimagining or retelling of the origin of Superman. Now, for Batman, my favorite Batman story ever is The Long Halloween. It's one mm. of my favorite things ever. I read it like once a year. I think I've spoken about this already on the podcast, but that's that's definitely my favorite. Um, Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, um, Hush. Hush was a big event for me because, you know, Hush was like an all-star team of, you know, Jeff Loeb doing the the stories, who you know did the Long Halloween and Dark Victory, and Jim Lee, you know, drawing yeah. Batman. That was like a dream team right there. So just that whole idea at the time was huge, and um, I'm gonna go give a a lesser-known storyline that took place in the Batman universe. Um, I probably sometime around two thousand one. it's a storyline that wound up being collected under the name Batman Officer Down. Uh, it's something that i I really love and it's not something that gets talked about a lot. It was a kind of a nondescript thing. It wasn't like a big event or anything. It's a storyline you know where Commissioner Gordon gets shot and he's in a coma, and they're basically trying to you know find out who did it. it's a it's a really great storyline. i so I'm gonna throw that one out there too because that's not one that I think a, a ton of people have read. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely would recommend it. Greg Rucka, uh wrote that storyline. So, yeah, that was that one I'm going to throw out there just because I, I'd like to see maybe a few more people check that one out if they haven't already.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about Nightfall? Oh, Nightfall. Nightfall.
1: That was the other one. Yeah, so Nightfall, and as far as episodic kind of comic book storytelling, I mean, Nightfall was great. <laughs> and, you know, then you got like one-offs like The Killing Joke, too, which...
0: Um, mm-hmm. you
1: know, to have their their own place as well. Um, so yeah, so those would be my picks. Like I said, I'm not, I was never huge on like the big event stories. I mean, I've read them, uh, because of their importance and whatnot. But I, I always preferred kind of the more intimate, like the solo stories. So those were always those are always yeah. going to be higher on my list than big events like the crisis events and things like that.
0: Yeah, and Flashpoint is another good one. But, but again, that, that involves everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, so... But, the, I mean, there's so, so many to choose from, so... Um, yeah, it's those really are, Those hard. are really good question, though. Yeah. Um,
1: and the next question was kind of a two-parter, but the, the second part actually sort of ties into what we just spoke about, so I'm going to start with that. This is from Brent. He asked, you know, what comics, if any, do you read? So... You know, for me, I, I know that right now I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern because I have a lot of stuff in my queue that I haven't been able to get to. But um, as of the last time that I, I had a chance to really sit down and focus on reading, uh, I was loving both Batman and Detective Comics during the rebirth line. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this before, too, that I thought that the. De- Detective Comics Rebirth was some of the best Bat-Family stories that I had read since Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, and, and those are probably my two favorite Batman family-oriented storylines uh, ever, basically, uh, aside from maybe Officer Down, which I mentioned uh, in my, my other list. So those I was reading, I always read Batman. So any Batman and, and for the most part, Detective Comics are always going to be on my list of anything that I'm reading, regardless of the creative teams or whatever, um, just because, you know, Batman. So I was reading that. I was really enjoying Superman Rebirth uh, and Action Comics, for that matter. And I was just starting to get into uh, some of the other books. I I was loving Batwoman, uh, which I know is coming to an end, I think, with this next issue. Uh, And I was really starting to get into, like, Harley Quinn, which was kind of a a really interesting take on the character. Um, Aside from, like, superhero stuff, though, I I was loving the IDW Star Trek books. If, If you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't read any of Mike Johnson's Uh, run with IDW on Star Trek Ongoing and then Star Trek Boldly Go, which was kind of the sequel run to that, where he uses the Kelvin timeline characters, but he puts them in in context where it's like, if you didn't think that the movies themselves were very Star Trek, these stories are so Star Trek. So you're kind of getting like the best of both worlds. And it's just some amazing writing. And they did crossover events with Green Lantern, which were great. They did two of those. Yeah, so that stuff there, uh, it was amazing. And that come to an end now as well because now they're focusing on discovery stories, which I have yet to get to. But yeah, so that's basically a lot of what I was reading. Um, Mainly... mainly the Star Trek stuff and, like, the DC Rebirth stuff until I, I had to kind of stop. I, I'm eventually going to get caught up. I, I still haven't read DC Metal, which I have, but I haven't gotten a chance to read through it yet. So I have a lot of catching up to do, but that's that's where I was at.
0: I'm glad you took some time to answer that question because I haven't picked up a book since the New 52. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to me, man. It's kind of, like, grabbed grabbed up all of those new 52 books started reading those and then slowly slipped back out of comics and i haven't picked one up in quite a while i mean um i wanted to i have it i had every intention of picking up books um specifically the um the Star Wars, um, the Star Wars runs, you know, the Darth Vaders, the Doctor Ash, all those uh, books, uh, because they just continue to add to the uh, Star Wars canon. But I kind of hit a point where I was like multimedia out, if that makes any sense. Like I, you know, consuming shows, consuming books, you know, movies, all of that stuff that I just I don't have time to read anymore, which sounds so bad because like. But it's what I do for a living and I just don't have time to read comic books all the time. And in fact, all of the books I've probably – I've probably read air quotes um, I've actually listened to. So like the past uh, I'd say two or three years, I've just been listening to books. Um, So I haven't – unfortunately, I haven't really read anything. So I'm kind of like out there and everything I've been keeping up with, I've been reading on wiki – Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I just got um, calling myself out. I'm I'm uh, I'm a comic book lover that hasn't really picked up a book in quite some time.
1: So, are you still a physical comic book person or have you uh, moved on? Yeah, to... no, no,
0: no. No, so that's the thing like if I pick up a book, I'm going to pick up the actual hard copy of a book. Yeah. It's it's different for like novels and things like that for me because i'm just consuming them so frequently that i'm like i don't have time i don't have places to store them but when i pick up books i still have that like collector mentality so they automatically go into the plastic sleeve and they like get stored away somewhere after i'm done with them uh and occasionally i'll pick up books from comic con if i'm for example if i'm going to new york comic con i'll either pick up some older books and or some newer must-have books like, you know, variant covers and things like that. And I, and I will take the time to read those. Um, and then, of course, I store them away and, and they go into the vault. But, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am.
1: So where I was was I was the same way for the longest time. And as I started to run out of space, I started to kind of become really picky and choosy with the comics that I would read. And then I finally just bit the bullet and I started getting, you know, the, the digital Kindle yeah, and I yeah. have not been the same ever since I I was reading everything I could get my hands on, um, because everything it was just so easy to keep everything. And that's how I wound up reading like so much of the rebirth stuff when I had time. And I even, you know, started to get into that Star Trek stuff because I just pre-order everything. And then once it came up and then like every, you know, when they were released, it just automatically came to my, my fire tablet and I'm loving it. I haven't bought a physical, uh, book in a while. And, um, the, my only thing is just time though, like you. So for me, I tend to read a lot of my comics. I catch up. I kind of binge read when I'm on vacation which I unfortunately have not had a lot of this year due to uh mm. various things, so uh that really was the big t- reason why I kinda got backlogged uh this year was because i uh I'm backloading a lot of my vacation this year, so I will eventually catch up but by the end of yeah. the year but but yeah i once I went digital uh that opened up like a whole new world for me
0: yeah yeah i mean th- that's the that's the thing with me i don't uh I don't have a tablet I'm always just on the phone, right? And uh, audio just seems to work because you know I'm always commuting. Uh, but yeah, no, I hope I hope that changes, you know, sometime soon. So if anyone has any any really good recommendations of things that are out there right now that you absolutely think I should be reading, I know that the uh, the hunger, the thirst is still there. So maybe you know an interesting story can get me back back at it. Back yeah, in shop.
1: and I'm surprised you haven't been all over those Star Wars. Um, I, books
0: I mean, that they dude, were it's, doing. Just a t- it's just it's just the time. Like it, I really I like I said, I had every intention of getting into it, and the artwork looked phenomenal, and there was lots of interesting stuff that they were expanding on, and um, I just I just don't have the time anymore, man. I, yeah. I, I love I love listening to the books and kind of going deeper on the characters through that medium. Or that kind of media, uh, but to to sit there and kind of thumb through pages um, while I'm on the train is just not gonna. It's not gonna work. Yeah, I heard. Plus, the, uh, the books are gonna get destroyed. Oh like, no! You know, yeah.
1: I know that. Uh, I heard that the Kanan and Poe Dameron books were supposed to be pretty great. Oh so.
0: yeah, yeah, I heard that too. I heard that as well. Yeah, the and the, the Vader books were really good. And the good. Vader, yeah. So, so all right maybe i'll pick one at some point point.
1: and the second part of uh brent's quote well, what actually was the first part of his question is why is infinity war so good <laughs> should <laughs> be a real simple question. answer right
0: that's awesome yeah, yeah it's just because of that's it that's it <laughs> uh, that's it um you know it's, it's funny i um i i truly truly enjoy infinity war um i think it is certainly a a great movie they they you know the russos do a great job at pulling off each you know sort of micro story within the larger narrative right so kind of linking everyone together and you know you get these interesting dynamics and and, and i think that's ultimately what the payoff is right it's the it's seeing all those characters, you know, talking and and mixing it up with one another, and um, you know, that there being a very clear and identified thread for them, and then ultimately they it all culminates and they they come together and then you get the snap and then it just left people like gut like like gut wrenching. I can't believe they just killed off like all of these characters and all that stuff. And that's, it's bold. I mean, while many of us were sitting there saying black Panther just made a billion dollars. He's going to be getting his own solo film again. He's going to get a sequel. And Spider-Man is back. Like, yeah, I don't know if there were many people that really, that really follow this kind of stuff like we all do. Um, I, I mean, I was sitting in the theater and there were like audible gasps and people going like, but, 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 but they, like, Spider-Man just came, like, came to Marvel, like, what's going on? And I'm like, don't worry about it, he's gonna be back. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, it's amazing storytelling that, that we, um, you know, that was first given to us in, uh, in the first Avengers, and uh, I think it, you know, continues to pull off a, marvel of uh, feats you know in terms of being able to tell those stories from so many different characters so yeah i think that's why it's so good
1: yeah i mean if if you think about what what they accomplished with infinity war uh this was uh, obviously it is just an epic movie right there's a ton of characters but and we've gone back and forth you know and had these had these discussions you know about you know, movies maybe that have too many characters and where they can lose their focus, but Infinity War at no point in time ever felt like there were too many characters in it. And it never felt like things were rushed. Like, the way they structured that movie, you know, everybody got their... You know, had your little segments, right? Where you had your, your small groups that were isolated, so they had their own stories going on within the structure of, like, the big overarching story. And I thought that was pretty brilliant, and, you know, it balanced the humor. The humor was earned. It wasn't gratuitous. And it was balanced with, you know, kind of the dark, depressing nature of the story, right? Um, you know, we talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff in the last episode. And, you know, people were wondering, well, how are they going to fit? You know, how are they going to fit into this? And and they did. They fit perfectly. So I I think that was one of the film's greatest strengths was the way it balanced all of those characters and the the different, you know, personality traits with each of them. You know, whereas, um, you know, Civil War, which is a movie that I really like, uh, I could see where you might say, well, you know, maybe there were too many characters, too many things going on. It was all about like the, you know, the volume, right. And the numbers, whereas Infinity War was much more nuanced, uh, I think then people maybe even give it credit for it first view, and the Thanos yeah. character is fascinating, right? I mean, not only is he a marvel of CGI, but I mean that's a real villain, you know. Where people complain about you know M- the MCU not having these strong villains, well, there there you go, right there. I mean, there's a villain that was built up over a very long period of time, and and I you know he didn't disappoint, and and he was perfectly acted, perfectly built you know modeled rather with the cgi Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. was fully realized and you know you like i'm fascinated to see where that character goes in the next movie so i just think there was so much right with that movie um i haven't seen it i think as many times as you have yet you know but i have seen it a couple (laughs) of times and uh, i loved it every time each time i saw it even more so yeah, yeah, I just think there's there's a lot of reasons why it's so good and and but I think the structure and just the way that they balanced everything was probably its biggest strength.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh it's you know, it's up there. It's up there. I wouldn't say it's my all-time favorite Marvel film, but uh you know, cuz That would be Man is... Thing? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course, dude. <laughs> um but no, no, you know, I think you hit the nail around the head. I think, you know, it has probably one of the the most dynamic um, villains to date um, from the MCU. And he was rendered beautifully for sure. I mean, I, uh, I was showing my wife the scene where Mantis is on top of his head and she's like, you sure that's not a real person? I'm like, nope. That is definitely not a real person. Uh, you know, because he—I mean—he looks like the the textures and all of that stuff that they put in into his face and yeah. the modeling and all that's phenomenal, man. Uh, so it's it's amazing to see how um, you know, how that movie has kind of pushed the technology as well. So, it's it's definitely yeah. One of the many reasons why it's such a damn good film.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about the MCU and, like, how you said it's it's not your favorite or you don't think it's the best of the MCU. You know, you we, I was looking through that thread on Twitter today about, like, favorite MCU movies or best MCU movies. And it's it's interesting because while, you know, Captain America the Winter Soldier is probably the best movie, yeah. I think, anyway, in the MCU... What that movie was doing and what like in Infinity War doing are completely different things, right? Uh, so, oh
0: yeah, those, those two, those two movies live on completely different planes. Yeah,
1: and you know, so for everyone who kind of believes in like the Marvel formula and that all the movies, I mean, just take a look at those two movies alone and see how different they are. But you know, I, I for me, like I look at Captain America: Civil War, I'm um, sorry, Winter Soldier. That's probably the best movie. Guardians of the Galaxy was the most fun that I ever had at a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the first Avengers, which almost gets forgotten about, uh, I, I also, uh, you know, put very high up there. And, and even the first Iron Man, which definitely gets forgotten, I think, because there's been so much yeah. Iron Man now that I think people forget how good that movie was. But, yeah, I mean, these movies are, you know, but Infinity War was just it was doing something very different from a lot of those other movies and, you know, the scope and the the scale of the whole thing was so much bigger. So it's, it's really hard to, to compare, I think to pretty much anything else that's in there, but it's, it's definitely high up on my list.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a game changer of a movie. You know, I think of, of Iron Man as the sort of foundation of a house and each, each one of those other movies is just, you know, another wall. And and you know Infinity War comes over and just says Nah, we're gonna redo this all over again. We're gonna kind of start from scratch. And that's kind of where that's kind of how it felt. Well, like we're on a completely like they've it, like like the whole idea of the MCU is completely evolved. And yes. I think that's what that's what's also very exciting about it. Um, and and don't get me wrong, like don't I know we talked about this last episode, but. I think the movies themselves as they've moved from phase to phase have evolved in very in slight and subtle ways. I do think you know as you were talking about when, you know, Captain America: The Winter Soldier that that was probably the one where we f- saw the most dramatic shift um uh in terms of like the that Marvel formula because it was like that is that is like my all-time favorite Marvel film. Like I can watch that movie over and over and over again. There's just so many good things that are happening with it. Like that's I think I think the thing that set it off for me was like that whole Nick Nick Fury scene where he's being like chased down. That that car chase scene is like ridiculous by the way. <clears throat> but You know, I think as time has gone on, and you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this myself too. I was like, oh, everyone forgets about Iron Man because it like set the stage, but I think Iron Man, the first Iron Man, has more in common with the Winter Soldier than people might think, because those are two very, I don't know, there there feels like it sounds kind of hokey, but there there does feel like there's more stakes there, and I like I like the the ties that those two movies have to kind of real world consequences and things like that you know what i'm saying so you've got your political thriller thing happening in in winter soldier and then you've got like you know war and stuff like that happening you know in iron man with that the whole afghanistan thing and like weapons of mass destruction and all that stuff so you know there's some interesting themes that they play with uh throughout the throughout the course of the mcu and then you know it all culminates to to this whole cosmic idea with Thanos and him coming down from the uh, from you know the sky and, or from a portal <laughs> it's not big as fingers and basically wiping everyone out. So I'm I'm really really interested though to see where it goes in uh, in the next Avengers movie that's for sure.
1: Yeah, The Winter Soldier is the movie that I recommend to like non comic book non like superhero people. I'm like that. You should watch Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I'm like because it is basically a like political thriller, you know, with that hap- that happens to have some comic book characters in it. And for the most part, everyone that has watched it that I've recommended it to, like in that position, has enjoyed it. So I think that speaks to the quality of that movie and why I think mm-hmm. it stands out, uh, even though it is very different. That's why I always put it at the top just because of that. Yeah. I think that movie appeals to a very uh, kind of broad uh, scope of film goers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: cool. right. So the next question actually kind of ties into that conversation. It's from Ron Diesel. Uh, he said, he asks, how many comic book movies is too much in a year? What is the right balance for the amount of comic book movies coming from Marvel and DCWB for each year?
0: Ooh, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really know if there's an answer for this question. I mean, I think that every moment where we feel like there could be potential fatigue because we're getting so many movies. um, Yeah, there is a change in the game. And I think it's unfortunate. I don't want to say unfortunately, but just by happenstance, it seems that Marvel obviously is the ones leading that sort of change. And and uh, DC is trying to keep up with that. So and, you know, look, they, you know, DC Warner Brothers tried to try try to carve out their own um, space and they try to compete. Uh, Marvel has a very set plan. They need to get X amount of movies out during, you know, a, a calendar year to kind of keep their stories going and to keep people like feverish over where it was going next. Um, I do think that they will likely temper, and I think they may have said as much. That this whole like, you know, two to three comic book movies a year from Marvel is like gonna, they're gonna slow that down a bit. I I, I kind of hope they would, because right now I think what's happening is you've got Sony stepping back into the fray with their Spideyverse. Hopes and dreams. I don't think they might be stepping
1: very far with that.
0: Though. Yeah, n- neither do I. You have uh, Fox, who. Well, I don't even. I think Fox is actually moot at this point. Like, might as well just remove them from the <laughs> board. Right, because that's going to
1: just tie into the Marvel.
0: Plans right, eventually, totally. so, anyway. So essentially, you've got Marvel, you've got Sony, and then you've got your DC films. And DC, at the moment, seems to be ramping themselves up in a fever to get as many movies in production as possible uh which is very weird all of a sudden like cuz it goes from complete silence to like oh yeah this is going to be in production this going like i just read something about the flash going into production like next uh spring something like that or yep. actually maybe sooner than that in 2019 so it's kind of like yeah i, I think marvel is probably best to the pump the brakes a little bit and do maybe two movies a year um uh, but who knows? I mean everyone loves to chase money. I think we'll see probably two to three DC films as they're looking to kind of push their stuff uh out and, and uh and get people hooked on their on their characters.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it depends on the type of movies too, right? So, you know, if you're releasing a movie like Infinity War, uh that's obviously a an enormous film with a ton of characters and it's gonna make, you know, a a ton of money. So like in a year like that, you can kind of scale back, right? So this year they did Black Panther, which was, you know, I don't think anybody expected Black Panther to be as, I mean, it outgrossed Infinity War domestically. It wasn't close worldwide, but still, I mean, that movie made $700 million domestic. Nobody was thinking that. Yeah, the plan wasn't for Black Panther to be this gigantic blockbuster. (laughs) And then you had Infinity War and then Ant-Man and the Wasp. So the the idea, I think, originally was, well, we'll have these two, you know, relatively smaller films and then Infinity War. Well, obviously, Black Panther just became this juggernaut. And then you had Infinity War, which, you know, did what it, it was thought to do or maybe even exceeded it and then Ant-Man and the Wasp is basically doing what you would expect Ant-Man and the Wasp to do you know it's going to finish around 500 Mm. million worldwide and you know it's over 200 million domestic which is nice Mm. But I think that, that can, and next year, you know, you're going to have Avengers 4, which is going to be an enormous event. So you got Captain Marvel and you're going to have the Spider-Man movie, which will be a big deal, too, I would think. Right. You know, so I think it depends. But, you know, if Marvel's going to stick with their two to three or even three movies a year, DC is the one that's really going to determine how much is too much. Right. Because, you know, Marvel's been pretty consistent for the most part you know year after mm-hmm. year and dc is the one that's kind of shifted right so you know they've gone back and forth and you know this year we're only getting the one movie uh which is aquaman and uh, right. we're getting it in december and or yeah it's december right so you know it's late yep. in the year we haven't heard much from them you know i don't know what i know they're making a number of movies next year but we don't what's actually on their slate for next year as far as being released
0: I- it's so weird because it's not even really a slate. It's just like here's their production schedule. Yeah, well, like, I mean, like, yeah, what is
1: there anything actually scheduled to be released though next year? Other, I mean, there's stuff being oh, it's going into production, Shazam. but well, Shazam, right? So you got Shazam next
0: year, right in April. So
1: right, so that's a you know you're not gonna get a ton of stuff for now. It's when they start. I mean, to who come knows out. about
0: that Joker film? That, well, that Joker I guess film that movie might.
1: being small enough could possibly come out.
0: Yeah, it, it might get pushed. It might, you know, I don't, I don't even know if they even set a release date for that film. But if it's, if they're, if they're keeping the budgets tight, you know, and it starts filming in September, so next month, you figure two, three months production. It could. I mean, it could very well get get uh, released towards the end of 2019.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny with Shazam. The trailers came out with, you know, the Shazam and Aquaman trailers came out like at the same time. And it, it, with all the Shazam hype, I forget that it's not coming out this year.
0: Yeah, and I forget it's that it's coming out next
1: year. But yeah, so I think, like you said earlier, you know, as Sony, I think, eventually starts to get out of the business of superheroes and, and Fox you know, gets their superheroes merged in with Marvel. You know, I don't think that that means that Marvel's all of a sudden going to go to six movies a year. You know, I still think they're going to be selective with what they do. And I think you're going to start to see things naturally just kind of slow down a bit. And it's going to be up, be up to DC, you know, whether how, you know, how aggressive they are. Are they going to start releasing two to three movies a year? And then we'll have, you know, two to three Marvel movies, two to three DC movies. And then you'll have your... You know, your Kingsman type movies that are comic book properties, not A-list right. stuff. I, I put right. up a thing on Twitter the other day, or uh, I think it was either today or yesterday, where uh, like there's this big commitment. They're going to be making a sequel to Kingsman, which is going to have a new cast that's going to set up like a prequel thing. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty big commitment to a series that, while I've enjoyed, hasn't really set the box office on fire. Um, but you know, you're going to have stuff like that. You're going to have your kick asses and things like that, that will kind of be dropped in there here and there. But I don't know if there is a too much or not enough. I think it's, it's really about what the properties are. You know, if you're getting a lot of stuff that seems to be coming out just because it's studios trying to capitalize on what they think is popular, then it could be too much. But if it's quality stuff you know i mean quality stuff's quality stuff i'm going to the movies x amount of times every year anyway so whether it's to see a comic book movie or something else it doesn't really matter to me
0: yeah 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 for for me it's just uh i think uh it's in dc's court it definitely you know what I mean? yeah but uh, we sure. know what marvel's
1: doing so dc yeah. is the wild card here what how do they go it, about their
0: if if dc okay let's just put it this way if if aquaman comes out and it is a commercial failure it's going to leave a very very nasty taste in people's mouths in terms of the validity of what this new you know the new direction is and i think it's going to potentially harm shazam i i I, it's you know it's funny it's interesting to me that they to your point before about shazam being in april and Aquaman uh, being released in December and we got the trailers at the same time so I'm kind of like wondering why they, they preempted that uh, for Shazam it makes me wonder I don't know uh, I mean it
1: could just be that Aquaman being the type of movie that it is you yeah, know, they wanted you to know, have as a, much of the, the effects and everything done before they kind of hit you with a trailer well, whereas with Shazam you could because of the theme well, and he's everything a new
0: char- and he's a new character right that too you know they they also have to they also have to get a, get ahead of of, I mean I don't even know if this is a real thing so I'm just gonna say it and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong but like that whole Captain Marvel Captain Marvel thing, right? Like I know he's being called Shazam but like people are gonna you know who knows are people gonna say hey that's that's really Captain Marvel and then then you've got Marvel's Captain Marvel like I don't know if there's confusion there so they just want to get ahead of it I, don't, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that's kind of a niche thing, right? uh, Yeah, I don't know how many. uh, I mean, obviously, hardcore fans and people really get the whole Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel thing. But I don't. uh, I think a lot of people identify that character as Shazam, rightly or wrongly, so because it's that's mm -hmm. how he's been. That's what he's been called for a a very long time at this point. But yeah, you never know. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. But I think your I think your point about him being a a new character as far as you know film goes or modern film anyway um is probably pretty much on the nose i think they had they felt like they needed to do a lot more marketing with this movie and a different kind of marketing whereas with aquaman you know he was in justice league for better or for worse he was mentioned in bvs You've heard a lot about them. You've seen pictures already. Like there's been some hype there, so it was really just a matter of getting that trailer out there. And because of the importance of this movie, this being the first movie since Justice League, I think they just wanted to get it right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It interesting though, when you mention, you know, if it's a, if it's not a success, if it's a commercial failure, like what yeah. is your expectations of that like what would you consider a failure
0: um for for aquaman yeah uh i'd say at or around uh or falling shortly behind justice league oh that would be box a, office yeah performance. Well, that would be a that would be bad that that to me is a failure okay right? especially during the holiday right so and it's and in, and i also think it's a highly competitive time of year in which that movie's dropping. So it's going to be, you know, fighting for the same dollars as, you know, some of these other films. I don't know exactly I don't even remember off the top of my head whether the movies are coming out in December, but I do know it's definitely a, a packed month for sure. So it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and if if people are gonna hold their money for a film that they'd prefer to see. No not, not
1: that I think that they're gonna scrap all their plans if the movie isn't a huge success, but if the movie doesn't make Wonder Woman money, like let's say it makes seven hundred fifty yeah, million worldwide, is that a, is that going to be a problem? You think?
0: I, I, I think that I think that has to be a I think that has to be a concern of theirs. Um, but I don't know where their expectations are, honestly, because. You know what would i would I think that uh that Aquaman in his first solo run is at the stature of Wonder Woman absolutely not absolutely not it shouldn't be anyway but, right like in, in no theory? no it shouldn't but yeah. but uh but in terms of like where their hopes are being placed uh in terms of you know the the restart of the of the franchise, I mean a lot is actually riding on on Aquaman, you know. And, uh, and that's kind of crazy to me because that, that's, that's like a, that's like a B character, right? So
1: they have to get
0: it right. They have to get it right with wonder uh, with, uh, with Aquaman. I was going to say wonder man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They have to get it right with wonder man too. But do you think, um, so if, if Aquaman is not, and I think it's going to be a success. So I'm just throwing this out there for the sake of conversation. But if Aquaman is not a huge success, Do you think the mentality is, well, we're still going to go ahead with the Flash movie and with the Joker movie and with the Batman and all that stuff? And just maybe Aquaman won't be as much of a focal point going forward? Or do you think it causes them to start to rethink some of these other things as well?
0: So at that point, right, because it's December, the Joker movie would have already been in the can or finishing. Right. Um, So there's really nothing they can do there. I do think it will temper how they proceed with the other films that are expected to drop or expected to go into production in 2019. Uh, Shazam, I think, would would probably be their last ditch effort to kind of throw everything into that into that bucket. But if you know, again, if by April it doesn't shake out. I mean, you're going to see if it, I'll say this, if Aquaman doesn't, um, and this is just common sense, I would think if Aquaman doesn't shake out to be successful, they're going to pour every, every other last penny into Shazam to make sure that it, it hits the mark for sure. Because if both of those end up flopping, I think, I think we're in, in for some interesting times for, for DC fans, for sure. As a DC fan.
1: All right. So, Let's do the final question uh from JRB. He asked James Bond or Ethan Hunt?
0: That's an easy ass question for me. <laughs> James Bond. Okay. Uh yeah, so Ethan Ethan Hunt can go kick rocks and swallow dicks.
1: Oh wow, okay. Um at the same time or can he spread <laughs> the Hey out?
0: man, however he wants it he you know, however he wants to take it, as long as he can ride his motorcycle and run to him. Uh, run and kick those rocks down the street and swallow some dicks.
1: <laughs> okay, well, my answer's not going to be nearly that exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, so, you know, it's interesting. I Normally, I would agree with... I mean, the characters themselves... Are, James Bond is obviously a much bigger character than Ethan Hunt, with a much larger body of work, right? I will say, though, that I think the the high points of the Mission Impossible franchise, for me... Are better than the high points of the James Bond franchise. I I loved the last. I haven't seen Fallout yet, but I loved the the previous two Mission Impossible movies a lot, uh, and I even like Mission Impossible three a lot. So I think that if they keep making these movies, and and I hear Fallout's amazing, so I think they could really be onto something. But it, you know, it's hard to compare because James Bond is you know has years and years of movies and. Uh, It has been through different phases. So as a as a character, I think you almost have to say James Bond. Right. But, you know, I I still believe that for me, for my money anyway, I would I would watch Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation uh, probably before I'd watch any of the Bond movies. And I like the Bond movies. So don't get me wrong, but
0: killing me. No, man. Wrong answer.
1: I mean, I'm just thinking about it because I've never actually really thought about it before. But and those movies are very fresh in my head too, so that's that's see, a part of it. But
0: okay, uh, wait, time out. So you're telling me that you would watch any Mission Impossible movie? No, no, well, I, I, a, specific, specifically I said specifically Ghost Protocol. Or Rogue Ghost, Nation. Ghost Protocol, yeah. Okay, yeah. Over Casino Royale.
1: I, see, I love Casino Royale, and I love Skyfall. It's close. It's close, but I mean they're very they're no, much fresher in my head
0: to me. No, it's not. It's so, not close at all.
1: I don't know. I like I love those no movies. No
0: way. No way, dude. No way. Like cause, okay.
1: <laughs> so I'm assuming you agree with me in the sense that you believe that those two movies are high points of the Bond franchise.
0: Casino Royale? Yeah. Uh and Skyfall? Yeah. Yeah, no 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 of, of the current Yeah, yeah, of yeah. of the current yeah, well, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming no, 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 definitely. Not I mean, ideas. I would even, I would even say that, um, like, Goldfinger or well, well yeah. from Russia with love, sure, all of those. Russia I mean, those, those you know are way better in my opinion than than the uh, um, Mission Impossible films, any of them. Yeah, I, I that's that's hard. It's hard for me to say. Oh yeah, no, no, no. J, you know, James Bond loses to Ethan Hunt. No,
1: no I mean that's why I'm saying the characters themselves. I don't think it's a really a competition. I mean
0: the franchise.
1: But is no way. yeah, but I I just feel I think for me just those those couple of movies those I think I'm, I I like them more than I, I, mean, I like. Some of the other movies. But, I mean, as if you're comparing the characters themselves, I don't know that it's, you could, right? You're talking about one character that was invented t- for a movie that's been in six movies and, and another character that started out in books and has made, what, 25 well, however many movies?
0: Well, yeah, sort of. Mission Impossible started as a show. No, for, but Ethan Hunt for, wasn't
1: in the even, TV show. Though. Uh, Ethan Hunt, sure.
0: yeah, Ethan Hunt was created
1: for the movies. That's what I mean. So that character is... is a young character
0: like i like what what those movies have done for that particular franchise i mean i think they've certainly evolved as james bond has evolved you know what i mean like you know the whole the whole jason bourne uh movement is what i think totally redefined this genre of spy film um completely you know what i mean and I think if it wasn't, if actually if it wasn't for Jason Bourne, I don't think these films would have been as successful as they are because I think people still latch on to that kind of like brutal spy films. And that's, you, you and you know, the epic stunts is, is sort, of, sort of James Bond esque, I'd say. I mean, if anything, if I were to compare them, you know some of the stunts that that uh, Tom Cruise is doing in these Mission Impossible films, and I know uh, he's selling it on being real. So that's freaking awesome for him because I- I'll never forget when I actually <laughs> almost walked out of a Bond film, and I'm a big Bond fan. Like, go with my dad as often as I could to to see these movies together with him and I almost was like dad what the f are we watching when pierce brosnan <laughs> ends up like windsurfing off of a glacier uh yeah i mean you've never done that no i mean i will it's on my bucket list now <laughs> but um yeah i mean that's the, that's the kind of stuff i mean if 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 you told me oh, pierce brosnan did it for real and it was in the film i'd be like oh damn you know like uh, yeah pierce, pierce Brosnan impossible. wasn't impossible his own stunts i don't think yeah, nah yeah but i thought uh, you were going to say it
1: was a view to a kill that you almost walked out
0: of <laughs> there are a couple of there are a couple of spotty bond very very bad bond films for sure
1: yeah and that's why like that's why i like i said it's hard to compare because not only did you have multiple actors playing bond who and each brought something very different To the role, right? I mean, Roger Moore's Bond was not Sean Connery's Bond and George Lazenby's Bond for one movie wasn't either of them. And Timothy Dalton, I don't even know if he was playing James Bond, Um, you know, and and Pierce Brosnan was very different too. And and so they've all been very different. Uh, And the tones of the movies have shifted as well with the actors. So it's hard to say. And whereas Ethan Hunt's always been Tom Cruise. And while those movies have shifted slightly now, again, because we're just not talking about the same volume, uh, it's a tough comparison. Um, But if you're just asking, if you're taking the question literally, James Bond or Ethan Hunt, I mean, I think you got to go Bond. But if if I'm looking at the the movies themselves, I'm still going to go with, I, I feel like the strongest for me right now, the strong, the, the two strongest movies that I've seen so far in the mission impossible franchise would be the ones that I would probably go to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that fallout will be added to that list. Who knows? Either way. Uh, I enjoy both franchises, uh, warts and all. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, I, I do want to want to go see, uh, uh, this latest movie, which totally just fall out. Fallout. Fallout. Yeah. Um, but if I'm being if I'm being honest, like I, the Mission Impossible franchise uh, has not been one that I've run out to go see in the movie theater. Um,
1: well, that's the funny is, thing. I've not seen any of them in
0: the movie theater, but I, I yeah, enjoyed I mean, that's, almost that's all of them.
1: Oh, that's not not true. I saw the very first one in the movie theater.
0: So so did I. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was which was interesting. Kind of like a clue. <laughs> a clue moving on steroids uh um, the scooby-doo ending kind of yeah yeah seriously yeah. but uh but look at how look at how different it's it's become you yeah know? Uh,
1: i mean it's not quite the fast and the furious franchise as far as shift in tone but it it's not when you really think about it it's not that far off and i prefer yeah. it better now just like i prefer the fast and the furious movies you know which are more just kind of popcorn fun but I prefer them now than I preferred like the whole street racing angle uh yeah. in the original movies so yeah, not sure how yeah. we got oh, I guess I, I'm to blame I'm just gonna say I'm not sure how we started talking about Fast and the Furious but
0: that was uh, another so, interesting franchise for another time yeah. oh the one thing I wanted to uh, just to close the loop on is in terms of the other movies that Aquaman is competing with oh okay so uh, Mortal Engines, which I know, um, Davo is one of our listeners is very excited about. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is all being released two weeks before Aquaman. So direct competition for Aquaman would certainly be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Right? Uh. Um, Maybe.
1: I don't know. I mean, animated stuff doesn't always resonate the same way. No matter how yeah, cool or awesome kind, it might com- be. It's
0: comic book though. Yeah. It's comic book related you know so who so who knows uh you know if if Aquaman is skewing more family oriented which it doesn't necessarily uh i don't necessarily think it is you know Mary poppins returns is being released the week before
1: what about before, the bumble uh,
0: Aquaman movie? that is being released the same day, yeah, which is interesting yeah alita battle angel okay. that uh what is it Robert Rodriguez and uh, James Cameron
1: and that's a that's a popular anime right
0: yeah i don't know if that movie's going to be successful but who who knows and that's kind of it
1: so i guess the question of- is bumblebee and aquaman like that is a uh, it's fascinating. yeah i mean
0: alita alita is is an interesting one too so i mean you've got alita aquaman and bumblebee are, that, all are the three of those
1: coming out on the same weekend?
0: On the same weekend. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean,
1: I... I mean, the Transformers movies make money, right? For, you know, regardless of quality. They make money. And
0: And this one actually looks like it's going to be a really good story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, haven't really... Because I'm not a big fan of the franchise. I haven't followed it much, but I, I have heard some really good things about it. Man, that's brutal. Because, you know, I don't know that right now. Like DC and, and Aquaman, especially, they don't necessarily have like that faith yet. That it's like, well, you no. know, I, this is a no-brainer. Why would anybody want to compete with that? In fact, I, I think the fact that those movies are are okay with being on the same weekend speaks volumes.
0: Oh, they're putting their big balls out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so and then and then and then. Two weeks later, right, when we get into January, we get the new Hellboy movie.
1: Wow, which I've completely forgotten about. Nothing about. Wow, and I was excited for that, and man, that just came right off my radar. So maybe that ties into Ron's question of when is there too many movies. Well, maybe this is when. When I completely forget that a movie I was actually excited about is even coming out.
0: Yeah, I mean, but again, that I mean, what we got one one photo of of Hellboy and that, that's yeah. kind of been it. There was there was nothing nothing released about it during Comic Con, so yeah. it's like wow. Ooh, yeah. and I don't
1: think that's so, going to really. I mean, I don't I, even on its best day, i Hellboy wouldn't no. be expected to compete with you know those types of movies anyway.
0: But but I'm going to tell you what will, you know, what comes out about a month a month later in what, January. What's that? glass? Okay. Yeah. That movie I mean it's a totally well. totally different cuz yes. it's sort of more of a thriller. Um the the thriller genre but you know the the key the key for Aquaman is to hit mainstream audiences, right? Is to to make sure that they're not only appealing to the comic book fan but to the family, right? Cuz that's how you get your repeat returns and you're able to kind of pack in with when you've got you know a family coming in to see Aquaman. And the problem is is that Bumblebee is the sort of sure thing. Um, and so who knows where Aquaman's going to fall in, in that midst, in that mix rather. And if you've got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse coming uh, two weeks before that film, people may have already spent their money.
1: Yeah, well, you know, maybe Bumblebee's not the sure thing that we think. I mean, I'm, I'm looking back and I, I forgot that this movie did kind of did this poorly, but I mean, I'm looking at the box office numbers for Transformers the last night. That movie did 44 million, 44 and a half million in its opening weekend and finished with 130 million domestic and 605 million worldwide. Maybe it's not the sure thing that we think it is. Because I mean, if it pulls numbers like that, I mean, yeah, it's going to cut in a little bit to Aquaman, but I mean, depending on what Aquaman's looking at, you know, opening weekend, I mean, maybe it doesn't completely kill it. I I think what Mm -hmm. it might do is it might actually hurt its chances of, like, maybe greatly overperforming. Right. You know, and that might hurt it a little bit, but because if, let's say it does 45 to 50 million, let's say Bumblebee, in its opening weekend. Right. I mean, I don't know what people expect Aquaman to do, but you know if aquaman had a chance to do like well over 100 million i think if I got another movie there that's making 45 to 50 million even i think that's going to that's going to hurt its
0: chances yeah i mean the thing is though here right so if if you're a family right and you've got your kids and you're a parent and you've got to make the tough call and you see a character that you saw pop up in a movie called BVS right, where basically Batman was a murdering psychopath and Superman was, you know, pushing people through walls, you might lean more on the, on the, you know, kid-friendly Bumblebee movie versus, versus Aquaman. So it, 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 it really depends, right? So, you know, you were talking about the goodwill. I, I don't, I mean, look, for what it's worth, you know the Transformers franchise may not have the last movie may not have struck box office gold, but it's got more goodwill than I'd say Aquaman does because Aquaman's starting from ground zero. So like it, and I and actually now that I'm looking at this, it makes a lot of sense why the movie looked the way it the way it did. Because I think for kids, they just they're gonna eat up that stuff. They're gonna eat up that imagery. You know what I mean? Of like people riding sharks and that kind of craziness. Sure. But but if it if it turns out to be something that's like uber violent versus like a girl and her robot story, you know, you bet your bottom dollar that families or parents are gonna be steering their kids towards Bumblebee over Aquaman.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Aquaman is gonna be uber violent, and I'm pretty sure that if you know the marketing will not emphasize the violent aspect of it but i'm not really expecting it to be uber violent uh you know maybe i'm just reading that wrong but i don't know
0: i see it yeah, more I of like a and, kind of a and i don't adventure. even you know as i'm thinking about it i don't even know what the conflict is if if any in bumblebee um, yeah i'm at a, I'm so, lost with that so i yeah i don't even know so so you know as as a parent i'd be thinking okay like Obviously, the rating speaks volumes because you're like, OK, if it's PG-13, I'm not going to take my kid to see my eight-year-old to see Aquaman uh, or uh, maybe I would. Who knows? Uh, but if, you know, if if you're like, oh, um, you know, it's this heartfelt story for from Transformers and, you know, Bumblebee actually finally has a freaking voice. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Take the kids to go see Bumblebee. I don't know. I, I'd be torn. I'd be torn if I were in that situation.
1: Yeah, I just think it's um, fascinating that they didn't feel the need to have to move the date. I think that there, it's basically they're saying, "Here you go, game on. Let's yeah, see what. Let's they, see where you're are, at right now."
0: I mean, both studios are basically putting their balls out on the table and playing a game of chicken. It's funny because it, when it happened the first time between Captain America: Civil War and BVS. It didn't BVS happen. packed its bags and moved.
1: Yeah, and, and that was because you have an established thing, right? And and as big as BVS should have been, I mean, Marvel was still established. And there was no sense in cutting off your nose to spite your yeah. face, you know, and getting into this pissing contest. Uh, just put your movie in the best position to make the most money possible. That's really what you should be thinking about.
0: Right, Right, which is what they didn't heed when they released justice league they should have waited
1: <laughs> well that was a whole that's a whole nother thing yeah but we're yeah. not
0: going to talk to no. touch that and, and uh but yeah so so uh i think you know we'll certainly need to keep our eye out you know during the later months of the year in december to see uh what the projections are and sort of where aquaman shakes out but it is a fascinating situation for uh for both studios with bumblebee and uh, and aquaman uh being released on the same day so
1: Oh, all right, so I think that's it for this week. I want to thank everybody that sent in those questions. Uh, as you have just heard, they drove this show this week, and we'd like to be able to do more of that um, as the, the weeks go on, and, and we probably will be doing more of that. So, you know, think of your questions. Keep them coming. Uh, even if we don't ask for them, just keep sending them along, and we'll definitely be answering them or and or talking about them on the air, uh, you know, going forward.
0: Yeah, and for sure I mean uh you know obviously we do record on Tuesdays, so uh you know cer- certainly if you've been mulling stuff over over the weekend uh start sending them over to us we're more than happy to answer the questions we love the, the the dialogue and uh and and we love the fact that you guys uh are listening to our answers um and while we certainly know that we you know all of you may not agree with our thoughts we Appreciate, you know, the conversation and um, and look forward to more of those. So thank you for submitting your questions.
1: Yeah. And of course, you can go to the fanboy garage dot com to listen to the current episode, access the episode archive, shop our merchandise store, get yourself some cool. The fanboy garage gear. I understand that uh, people are starting to notice some of the shirts and stuff that are out there, which is pretty exciting. And uh, you could also shop on Amazon through our Amazon Associates link. If you'd like to buy uh, those uh, Blu-rays and DVDs and digital copies or, or even digital comics, uh, you can do it through there. And, uh, and, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Real Almighty.
0: And you can also find me on Twitter at Starting Sith.
1: And the show is at the Fanboy Garage. And uh, we will talk to you next time.
0: Later.